Your friends gather at Amazing Love, how great it is to see you. I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, right now we have the opportunity to marvel again at the beauty of our Savior Jesus and his love for us. We just pray that you would work powerfully uh, through this message. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hey, it is a great day. It is a great day for a new member welcome. Great day to have family and friends visit us. Thank you for being here. And to get things going this morning, I wanted to talk a little bit about commercials. Now, I recognize that commercials in general are a nuance. I love DVR where you can kind of just fast forward through some of them or most of them. Um, but every now and then a commercial catches my attention. And, and right now the commercials that have caught my attention are from AT&T. Uh, they have this catch line, uh, th this tagline, just okay is not okay. Have you seen these? And so the guy's getting a tattoo, and uh, he hopes it's the best tattoo artist. He hears he's just a tattoo artist. Or uh, you go to the mechanic shop and ask, are the, brake, uh, are the brake service good? No, it's just okay. If the brakes don't stop it, something will, right? It's pretty good. Uh, my favorite, I've been watching some March Madness, are uh, these commentators. Have you seen them? And so this guy on the right, he's just a doofus. Uh, he, he asked to give color commentary, and so he starts commenting on the color of the team's uniform. Purdue wears a rich black and a sunflower yellow. He uh, comments about the marching band and when the Saints uh, come marching in and says, I would not like to be one of that number. And then finally, he just mixes up the terminologies. Uh, when talking about a rebound, he thought it was about a player getting back in the dating scene and coaches him on. It's great. And so he, he proves the point, you know, just okay is, is not okay. I bring this up because I wonder, what is your experience with okay? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you spent a lot of money maybe for a steak? And then when you got the steak, uh, there was a part of you that was just like, yeah, it was okay. You know, if I had a grill and a steak from Aldi, I think I could have done a little bit better. But, you know, we're here now. You've been there? Or maybe you went to a movie or a production you heard that Bumblebee was really good, really high ratings, and then you rent the movie and you're like, eh, it's okay, right? We have that experience all the time. The reason I bring that up is because we're gathered in a place that is more than okay. And we've gathered in a place that is here to consider something that is far beyond okay. We consider not the okay love of Jesus, but the amazing love of Jesus. A love that goes further, does more, is grander and more spectacular than you know right now. In fact, something we built this church upon is this premise. That when it comes to Jesus, the love of Jesus is better than anything else. And you can take your pick. Uh, it's better than a love of a sports team if you're really into March Madness. It's better than the love of an engaged couple who are at the height of the romance. It's better than even the love of a mom. You know, we believe the love of Jesus is also more fulfilling. More fulfilling than the best purchase you've had, the best vacation, the upgraded iPhone. In fact, we believe what a psalmist said. Psalm, psalmist named David, he wrote this in the Psalms. He said, you know, when I see you in your sanctuary, which we're here right now, behold your power and glory, I'm convinced your love is better than life, and so my lips will glorify you. I would love for you to leave this morning saying, man, after seeing who Jesus really was, I'm convinced too. That this love, it's better than the car I drive, better than the house I go back to, better even than my kids, though my kids are okay. This love is better than anything. 
You know, and something I realize is that if you were a Christian and I gave this to you on a quiz, you would probably have the verbal assent, well, of course, Jesus' love is better than anything. But let me follow up by asking you, has your trust in this unfailing love ever been tested? Because it's easy to say, yeah, Jesus' love is better than anything when everything is going my way, when the the sky is sunny and, and I feel good. But has it ever been tested for you? When maybe you get sick, or maybe a loved one gets sick. When, when those that you love leave you, whether through a funeral or moving away. When you're struggling with a period of anxiety or depression. When, when you're going through something and, and you had big hopes and big dreams, and it seems like those hopes and those dreams, they're at least on delay, and they may have even died. See, sometimes our trust in Jesus' love and God's heart of compassion is tested Sometimes it's even shaken. And if you've ever been there, and if you were to ask me, Pastor, is there some place I can go to renew my trust in God's love? And if you're new to Christianity and just joining us, and you're wondering, why is Christianity so good? Why is his love so amazing? Then my response, it would be the words that we get to consider today. My proof passage would be these words from Romans. And so we're going to get into the powerful word of God. And uh, we're going to consider that Jesus' love, it truly is better than anything. Now a book about, a a little bit about the book of Romans. Uh, This was written by Paul to some Christians in Rome. And it it, it has some of the sweetest gospel. If you want to know why salvation is a gift uh, coming all by God through faith, you should read this book. And and what we have before us in Romans chapter 5, I believe, is the sweetest portion of that gospel. It doesn't get any better than what we get to consider. So I would invite you to follow along with me. Now, those words are shared either in the worship folder before you, or you can follow along on the screen. Um, Here we dig in. It says, we're going to read the whole thing here. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How awesome is the peace of God that we have today. Through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. I love that phrase also, when it comes to being in God's family, we're not playing hokey pokey, one step in, one step out. No, if you believe in Jesus, you're just in the family. You stand in grace. It's awesome. And it says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God, he demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Powerful words. Powerful words of peace through the blood of Jesus. Powerful words of God's love for us while we were sinners. As we continue, can you turn to the person next to you? Can you humor me? And uh, can you turn and and tell them, Jesus' love is better. Tell them, Jesus' love is better. 
Let's have some fun in the word of God. You know, something I consider about life is that there are a lot of noble causes you can give your life to. Uh, For example, I think it's noble to spend effort and time in parenting. I consider my mother-in-law who raised seven children and for much of the time was at home just spending her time, her energy to raise some fantastic kids. That's pretty awesome. I also think of the nobility of volunteers. It's a noble cause to spend your, your life to. So to volunteer at a church or maybe for cancer research or uh, some, some rally is a really, really good thing. Well, it was a couple of years back that I was struck by the nobility of one man's cause. Uh, the nobility of a man, uh, a World War II vet named Desmond Dawes. In fact, I, I saw this movie that was dedicated kind of to his life. It was called Hacksaw Ridge. Has anyone seen that? A really good war movie, I, violent, so again, be careful with kids, but a, a really good story. And the scene that strikes me is that after a battle scene, he risked his life to try to save the wounded. And, and all night, he, he just prayed, Lord, help me to have strength for one more, for one more, for one more. And it was dangerous. The enemies were still there. He had to uh, slyly sneak undercover. And, and because of what he risked, he saved 75 people's lives, just Incredible. Well, the reason I bring up Desmond Dawes is because, well, Scripture actually brings up that concept today. That that some people love this way. In verse 7, it says, you know, sometimes, rarely, someone will die for a righteous person, and for a good person, someone impossibly dare to die. And so we thank soldiers who risk their lives for other soldiers, or for us to keep us safe. Maybe as a parent, you've had this experience. You've had the experience where your child is sick or in the ER, And you have this feeling that if you could trade places, you would in a heartbeat because of that love. And so one thing we consider is this, that a rare love gives its life for the deserving. That's a rare thing that a soldier would again do this, that Desmond Dawes would risk his life for this. But scripture goes further today. And I wanted to know, would anyone risk their neck to save the life of this guy? Now, some of you might wonder who this guy is. Headline news was the finding of Timothy Pitson. Did you, did you hear this? An Aurora boy who was lost for years. Um, and, uh, and so the headline came out that, that this man uh, was Timothy Pitson, and that's what he claimed to be. The only shame is, it's not Timothy Pitson. His name is actually Brian Reaney. He has just been released from jail. Uh, Some say he made up this elaborate story because he was in the midst of stealing a neighbor's car. Brian Reaney is hard to love, especially for what he did for that family. And aunts say, you know, the the trauma of reliving that loss once again. And so the question is, would you give your life to spare a Brian Reaney? The reason this matters is because as we've come together we might wonder, how does God view me? And one of the things we're very real about at Amazing Love is that we're sinners. We, we don't have it all together. And you might ask, well, what does sin make us? If we look at the words of our lesson, especially at verse 11, verse 11 says that we're not just Brian Reaney. In the eyes of God, we're enemies. See, there's nothing in us that, that should attract us to him. We don't come to him bringing gifts of good works. Rather, we come bringing a detriment. And we know that because of our sin, he should have nothing to do with us. The wages of sin is death. But let me tell you about the crazy, illogical, 
unfathomable love of Jesus. See, Jesus, his love, his love is for the undeserving. And how do I know this? Because of that sweetest passage. The passage that says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the gospel we build upon is this. God, when I gave you nothing, you gave me everything. God, when you had reasons to hate me, you chose to love me instead. God, when I was anything but beautiful, you clothed me with the beauty of Jesus. Through faith, I wear this righteous gown. How awesome and amazing is the love of Jesus. In fact, if you're watching online, if you're just joining us, if you're new to Christianity, this love is for you. He invites you to trade rags for riches, ugliness for beauty, all because of who he is. And so we consider this love that's amazing and renews us. Why do we know that God loves us? Here's the proof. In fact, uh, one commentator said that the death of Christ is the highest glorification of God's love toward us. This week, as I was translating Romans 5, verse 8, the, the literal Greek, by, by saying demonstrate, was this idea of standing by something. That, that God stands by his claim of love. And it kind of reminded me of companies who have satisfaction guarantees. They stand by their product. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. My uh, sister worked for Starbucks, and, and this is something that you should know about Starbucks, that if you don't like your drink, they'll remake it for you. Little known fact. Um, they stand by their, their, their highly well-done caffeinated drinks. Um, once I had a, a watch break, and, and they, they guaranteed it. They had a lifetime guarantee. So I brought it in, and they stood by their product. They gave me credit for another watch. And, um, and, and it's great when, when someone stands by their claim. Well, i got to tell you on behalf of God, no matter your experience, no matter your doubts, God's love for you is a guarantee. If things are going well, if you're riding high in life, more power to you. God's love for you is a guarantee. If things aren't going so well, like the beginning of the Cubs season, or if it's something more serious, I get to remind you, God's love for you is a guarantee. If you're coming today and you're sick and you're tired, maybe you're struggling with a cold or a flu, maybe you're just stressed out, you're anxious, you're depressed, I, I get to remind you, God's love for you, it's a guarantee. If you've come in here wondering your worthiness, racked with guilt and shame, because you know who you are and what you've done, you know your sin, I get to remind you, God's love for you, it's a guarantee. And why can I be so bold? Because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And it is the ultimate proof that in any and every situation, God's love, it is just a flat-out guarantee. You can bank on it. You don't have to question God's heart over you. You can bank on it and know it is there. And what if we were a people? What if we were a people who instead of being on the struggle bus so often, what if we were a people who, who were familiar of always and ever putting our trust in this love? The psalmist says that would be a good thing, that the Lord delights. The Lord delights in those who put their hope in unfailing love, whether they feel it or not, whether it's easy or not. 
who just always say when it comes to God, there is this unfailing love, and you want my proof? Because when I was a sinner, Christ died for me. That's the assurance. So this is what it is to be loved by Jesus. But I think we should talk a little bit then of how do we take this message and apply it to our own lives? How do we love like Jesus? I need to tell you something awesome that happened yesterday at Amazing Love. We had an LWMS spring rally. And we got to hear about uh, a great couple being used by God. There's uh, Dr. Jordan and his wife, Anila. And Dr. Jordan's from Pakistan. Uh, Where in Pakistan, uh, he used his expertise as a doctor to help those in need. And he'd give that service for free and also share the gospel with them. He's now located in the Milwaukee area and uh, helping out a church. He's doing cross-cultural ministry, and, um, and, and he's just trying to use love as a way in to share the love of Jesus. But he was very candid yesterday, and sometimes he's like, you know, sometimes people are rude. I'll go to a person's house, and they say, you will not convert me. <laughs> and then he laughs, and he says, well, it's not my job anyway. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, so let's continue talking. Uh, but he just relates the experience that sometimes, you know, it's difficult to show love to everyone. And though he said there were difficulties, there's also blessings right alongside. And what he proves is that to love like Jesus is this. It's to love the the difficult, you will not convert me. And the undeserving, those who have nothing they can give to you. Now, Now, why does this matter here at Amazing Love? Because, well, today we're welcoming some new members. And it's awesome. I hope the pineapple's good. And the waiting world is going to want to know, how do those people at Amazing Love really walk the walk? Are they going to love people that have nothing to give and are just coming in need? Are they going to love people that maybe they have reason to hate because they bespoke our church with a bad review online? Are they going to love people who have hurt us individually and, and be free to forgive in their own families, in their own lives? That's what's waiting before us, friends. See, this gospel, it empowers us. It gets us to see the good of Jesus' love in our own lives. So I encourage us all, let's go out. And if there's someone right now who who you say, man, this person's difficult, or maybe this person's undeserving, let's be lavish in the way we love them. Let's give more than is expected. Let's continue to do this over and over, empowered by the Holy Spirit. For this is what it is to love like Jesus. But before we go, I wanted to give you one other proof of God's love. You still with me? Still there? You can pinch your neighbor if they've fallen asleep. It's fine. My mom did it. You can do it. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Anyway. Before we go, I wanted to talk about pressure cooker situations. Have you ever been in the pressure cooker? Um, I'm a fan of March Madness, and so I was watching the Virginia game last night. And there was a guy, a Kyle guy, on the free throw line who was in a pressure cooker situation. He had to sink uh, f- three, three free throws, that's a tongue twister, in order to win the game. And if you watch the game, he did it. This is a guy put in a pressure cooker situation who came out on the other side. We all relate to the pressure cooker. We have a frenetic pace of life. Would anyone agree? It's frenetic because of how much that work demands. How much uh, school demands, right, kids? Uh, sometimes it's, it's frenetic because of our own demands of entertainment and all the things that we want to do. And so sometimes, you know, uh, how we feel and how we're really doing, well, it could be characterized by some memes. 
I found some good memes over how we feel at times. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Literally inside, I'm on fire! I saw a great video by Andy Samberg uh, from Brooklyn 99, and uh, it said, when someone asks me how you're feeling, and he just starts screaming, ah! And it's not usually the social mask that we wear, but if we're honest, sometimes we're, we're feeling that internally. It's like, ah! And every now and then, we just think pressure's negative. I got to retire. I need a hammock in the Bahamas. Let's just be done with pressure, right? But what's incredible is what God does through pressure. In fact, uh, I remember hearing another pastor, and, and how do you get olive oil from olives? You got to squeeze them. And so what God's in the habit of doing sometimes is squeezing his people to get out the really good stuff. And you might know how diamonds are formed. Yes, coal is under pressure in order to become the hardest, the steadiest, the most firmest on most scale of hardness in the world. It takes pressure. And so God says, I'm going to use pressure. But he said it this way. He said, not only so, we can glory in our sufferings. And the word for suffering can literally mean pressure, affliction, something on you. And why? Because we know this pressure produces perseverance. That if you ever get knocked down, knocked back, when we consider God and the ability of certain causes to live for him and to love like him, we get back up and we do it again. We do it again. We do it again. Because this is what God has done for us with mercies unfailing every morning. It not only produces perseverance, it produces character. And that word had the idea of something that is tested. A product that is tested. I like this because I'm a car guy and I, I love, you know, cars and, and, and crash tests and reliability tests. So when I drive my car guy Prius, um, I know it's a reliable car. And I, I know it's safe among all the other big cars and trucks that are a little too close to Priuses. And so God says to us today, you want to be battle ready? You want to go from newbie to, to seasoned veteran? It doesn't happen just by wishing for it. It happens under pressure. See, see, he knows that you might be in a situation that feels too much, and you're like, I just wish it would go away. But you'd never get stronger if you weren't stretched. And you wouldn't be ready for the next test if he didn't test you in this way. And so he allows the pressure. Because he doesn't love us? No. Because he does. And so I have another reason that he loves us. To be loved by Jesus is to know he's working for good even when it feels bad. Even when I'm suffering. And so a Bible commentator said he's in charge of our suffering too and works for our good in them too. Yes, in them particularly. How great is the love of our God, right? You want proof of that love? It's guaranteed because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You want to know he's good? He's good even when it feels bad. And what this should leave us with is hope. And biblical hope is a sure thing. It's a firm conviction that he always has, always will, and right now he loves us dearly. May the Holy Spirit sink that deep into your soul so that you trust it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.
And the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.